0: This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC, text 84850, Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, it's LBC, it's Steve Allen's early breakfast. And you're welcome to it. Between now and 6.30, so much to get through in the papers, so much to talk about. Uh, so many of your texts and emails, 84850steve 8 at lbc.co.uk. Uh, gadget competition day, huge prize, e- enormous prize on offer. Who's the Big Brother star who's had a sex change and is now working as a prostitute? The Tory minister in the £200 a month tax dodge... And Cheryl and Cy battle over Louis Walsh. Apparently, she wants him out. What on earth it's got to do with her? I've got no idea. And Kylie Minogue's droning on about how difficult she is to live with. All of that and more this morning on LBC. It is nice to be company. Five past four. Very noisy outside. Very noisy outside this morning. Uh, Because there was a, a nightclub next door. And there were loads of people, and there was one girl, as I, as I was walking in, and she was with a boyfriend, she was obviously, you know, had the word easy stamped all over her, and, uh, and she was obviously well the worse for wear, I'm afraid, and and then she kicked a bin, and he went, don't be a vandal, you know, talk like that, don't be a vandal, and so she looked and laughed, and I thought, oh, it's always the fat ones, isn't it, why do they do that? Uh, 84850, oh, Mary... Mary Mary, quite contrary, says, Say what you will about Louis Walsh. She knows more about music than Cheryl Cole. Well, she's not had anything out for three years. Go to fate, 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 fate for the... Rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Dreadful. Dreadful. But there again, you have to applaud the, the, the lack of intelligence with the poor girl. As somebody said, and I'll repeat it again because it's a great line, she's living proof of how far you can go based on looks. No talent at all. If she hadn't had the X factor behind her... You know, you wouldn't even have heard of that record. And I reckon she's gone back on there. I think she still thinks she's going to be a pop star around the world. Well, of course she's not. She's absolutely... Nobody knows who she is. You've got to go and live in America if you want to do something like that. And even Will, I am held his hands up and went, I'm sorry, there's nothing to work with here. Absolutely nothing. It's a bit like, you know, perhaps she needs to turn up on the reunion programme. Pop star's the reunion. And she can mix in with that little bunch there who can't sing either. Dreadfully low rent. Dreadfully low rent. Kerry Katona... Thinks her family would be great for reality TV. It's madness in our house, she says. You'd be surprised. I know. We'd be we'd be very surprised, dear, if there was anything going on with your house at all. Katie Price, you know, has kept a, a pretty low profile. As she feels apparent... Wait for this one. She's so drained, Katie Price, from fighting with former managers and husbands. It's only twice, dear. Get over yourself. She says, I do try to focus on the positives. You've never focused on positive. You've always been the most negative person anybody's ever ho- heard of. And, uh, and I didn't realise, and I'm sorry to say this again, because we will be talking about the Trick Awards later on, but uh, Philip Schofield has lost uh, £28. He says uh, his secret is nothing to do with his 40-a-day cigarette habit. I thought he'd stopped smoking. I was told Philip Schofield, had sto- I hope he's not still smoking. Very unwise. Very unwise. 40-a-day habit. Unless he stopped and then he started again. Weak. Weak. But uh, poor old Katie Price, you know, she's sort of... She's desperately trying to get something going in her life and nobody's interested. Kerry Katona, soon you give birth to the sprog love and then you can flog the pictures and that's it for the next uh, few months until you go back into bankruptcy again when you suddenly realise that nobody's interested. not interested in a reality show, they're not interested in anything about you. You know, stick with that plank of a bloke that you've uh, you've got in the same way that Katie Price turns up at Cheltenham. God, you'd think it was that low rent. Couldn't make it up, could you? And she turns up with the Kieran... Hayler, who's her husband, but he's been around the block a few times. He's all over the internet in his porno film. It's a bit sad, really. I feel like sending her a sympathy card, but, uh, but I didn't. But why Cheryl Colder want to get rid of nice Louis Walsh, I can't imagine. Why would she want to get rid of him? He knows more about... She knows nothing. She knows absolutely diddly squat. Nothing at all. Useless piece of work. Absolutely useless. Uh, so, Bob Crow, yesterday, I'm about to start recording Russell Watson. And Charlie Gerling goes, oh, it's just dropped on PA. I mean, it comes up as a flash on our, on our computers. Uh, Bob Crow's died. Wait, Bob Crow? Couldn't believe it. 52. Looked older. But 52. And uh, the papers said he was death of a working-class hero. Well, he was. He was a champagne socialist. He enjoyed the holidays in the Bahamas. He enjoyed... I mean, obviously, he had support from his brothers and sisters out there, which was great. But uh, he lived in a council house. And he earned £145,000 a year. You tell me. You work out the maths. As somebody pointed out to, was it James O'Brien the other day, Jinkiel, his family will be vacating now, so a needy family can take it. You'd love to know how much he left, wouldn't you? But he went in, he apparently had a heart attack, took him in hospital, and he died as a result, frightening thought, at the age of 52. Very, very frightening. And, uh, and then, we had, uh, then we had the trick awards. And of course, we all had to suffer with Susanna Reid. Go away. Go Go away. Far away. And the funny thing is that she actually got an award. You'll laugh when you hear what she actually got. It's almost as if they sit down at the Trick Awards and they make this rubbish up. It's almost as if they make it up. However, the story that really annoys... uh, First of all, there's the poor man who bit his fingernails and died because they turned septic. He was a diabetic. He'd already, I think, had uh, his foot amputated. Because there is that danger if you're a diabetic. If you don't look after your feet... And you've got to look after your feet almost on a, a daily basis. You know, any hard skin you've got to get rid of. Massage your feet with creams and oil. But you do get checked. If you're under the doctor, they will, they will check these things for you. There's ample care out there for diabetes. You've just got to be told about it. But after, uh, after Bob Crow's untimely death at the age of 52, I started feeling a bit queasy going home on the train yesterday. It's so funny, because I always sit in first class. Because you can, on local... There were only four carriages on the train yesterday going to Hounslow. And so I sat in first class. Because you can't buy a first-class ticket to Hounslow, so you can sit in... It's it's an unused... I don't know why they put them on there. Perhaps it becomes part of a bigger train later on. You sit there. It's amazing how many people come in, sit down, look around, then look up at the window with first-class and stand up and walk out. I feel like saying to them, you you can sit here, but I thought, no, why why tell them? Why tell them? And sometimes there'll be people literally standing outside the first-class door, looking in, and there's loads of empty seats. And by the time we got to Twickenham yesterday, it was only me and one other person. In first class, so there's people standing outside the door. And I felt like I said, you can come in, come and sit down. But they're frightened, too, because they see first class and they see, you know, luxury seats in there. And they see a classy person like me and they think, I can't go in there because he's obviously bought a first class ticket to Hounslow. <laughs> I mean, as if. Yes, they, the story that I do like in the paper is the master chef. Michelle Rue, Jr. Now, you know what a good guest he was. A really, really good guest for In Conversation. Or oh, incidentally, Russell Watson yesterday. Not this weekend. Next weekend we'll be transmitting that. We'll be transmitting that next weekend. But uh, he's uh, he's had a bust-up with the BBC over his deal to advertise a brand of potatoes, spuds. You know, which everybody does. I, I, don't, I don't actually see it. Does anybody have a problem with Michelle Rue doing this? Apparently, they've insisted the BBC, that he stop fronting commercials for Albert Bartlett rooster potatoes. And uh, he's a double Michelle, uh, sorry, Michelin star chef. He said, I wonder if the corporation understands the, realit- uh, the reality of today's world. I mean, I don't have any problem, and the same way that ITV allow Anton Deck to have all their free plugs on their show, for their Morrison's advert, that runs in the show, their uh, their stadium tour... That's allowed to run in their show. They're allowed to give copious mentions to all the products that support them. You know, so what's the difference between Michelle Rue Jr. advertising potatoes on television? And if you think about it, the BBC really... I mean, he could actually sue them. I'd sue. They let Gary Lineker advertise bloody crisps, don't they? Gary Lineker fronts up the advert and he presents Match of the Day. A spokeswoman said there was no way of making it work within guidelines. So Gary Lineker's advertising crisps is OK, is it? Is somebody on backhanders at the BBC, is it so bent over there that they allow somebody to do an advert which pays him a lot of money? Which is... Oh, or is it... Oh, wait a minute. I've just realised. The argument will be advertising crisps has got diddly squat to do with football. That that, that would be the reason. Advertising potatoes on a cooking programme would be seen as product placement. That's why we had to dump Ainsley Harriet. There was more product placement on that show than you could shake a stick at. It got so stupid, didn't it, that even on Blue Peter, they had to cover up a Copydex label with something else. And also, uh, we can't tell you this is a Cornflakes box. We can't tell you this is Fablon. It was just sticky-back plastic. A load of old cobblers, isn't it? A load of old rubbish. The BBC's Double standards. You remember I told you on EastEnders years ago, there was a scene, and and I noticed... In fact, it threw itself out the screen at me. They were in Pauline's kitchen, and on the table there was a box of royal jelly capsules. Royal jelly became the big thing, squeezed out of bees' bottoms, and it came in little files, and you bought a box full for about 30-something quid, and you drank it, and apparently it was really, really good for you. I'm, I'm convinced, of course, that it brought on the onset of diabetes, as far as I was concerned. And they had a box on the table in Pauline's kitchen. Michelle Fowler was living there at the time, and the camera zoomed in on it actually zoomed in on it. It was the worst case of product placement. And I thought, that is too... Somebody's on a freebie here. Somebody's been, you know, somebody's been paid to do this. What happened? By the time they got to the repeat, it had been cut out of the programme. They'd taken it out. Obviously, somebody had gone, what the hell are you doing? We're getting to big trouble. It's all right, it's already gone out. That's okay. It's like, you know, very rarely can you identify a piece of music played in The Rover's Return. Sometimes you will, because it's a favourite of the producer. But they have to be quite careful. But you can't... If you're doing a scene in in Rita's Tobacconist, they've got to have packets of cigarettes and sweets up on the... Because that's what they've got in there. What else can you do? But unfortunately, as far as I'm concerned, Gary Lineker flogging his tatty crisp adverts... And, uh, and Michelle Roux Jr. flogging his potatoes, they're exactly the same thing. Why shouldn't they be allowed to... Didn't Carol Vorderman have a problem with this one? Wasn't she advertising washing powder or something? And Channel 4 went, ooh, you can't do that. They became quite sniffy about it. I'm sure there was some, there was some reason. But uh, either way, I think it's a great shame, because he's a lovely, lovely chap, and if they allowed Gary Lineker to do it, why not him? Everybody else appears to be at it on the BBC. There's all sorts of people. They, they, they did away with that archaic law about you can't advertise something. If somebody wants you then they're going to use you. I should imagine some daft company somewhere will actually be interested in Susanna Reid, uh, who was happily posing for pictures the other day. My God, she's smug. She really is. It just just drives you incredibly mad, doesn't it, I'm afraid. Uh, what is it? It's quarter past four. Nick Ferrari back in the hot seat this morning from seven. He'll continue reaction into the union leader Bob Crow's death and asking, was he good for London? Certainly made headlines. Plus, why are Chinese teachers coming to the UK to teach our kids maths? And can we ever say ADHD is a myth? Nick Ferrari and the team, this morning, looking at the papers. Oh, it's Jonathan Shallot. He's back in again, chairman of Raw, leading music and TV agent and visiting professor at Henley Business School. Ooh. He'll be up now. He'll be up now. He'll be, just, he'll be going through the wardrobe. It's like, it's like uh, going, in, oh, that one. That'll be the outfit today. You know, strangely drawn to certain things. I think leopard-skin thongs are quite nice. I see no reason why I shouldn't be wearing it in the studio. Uh, so, after poor old Michelle Rue Jr. saying, listen, why can't I advertise potatoes? You know, I'm on television. What's the point of having... You know, perhaps it'd be better if you advertised football, would it? Gary Lineker allowed to get away with it. But I've always thought there were double standards at the BBC. There's uh, There's so much going on that people aren't aware of. However... C-B-B-C and CBeebies could close under plans to make licence dodging, the TV licence dodging, a civil offence rather than a crime. I don't see how that would work, but anyway. Uh, Director of Strategy James Purnell predicted non-payment of the annual fee would double for its current 5% deficit. Uh, and he said that would be £200 million we lose every year if they make it into a civil offence, which is the equivalent of all of BBC4, CBeebies and CBBC. That costs 200 million, does it? For well, that pile of rubbish. Oh, and mind you, I suppose good news could see the end of Dick and Dom. That'd be quite nice. But I mean, so they'd get rid of all of that. That's cost 200 million, does it? Good God, I didn't realise. Uh, he said the proposal would penalise the poor by taking away the court's ability to match the penalty for evasion to the income of the household. Well, I used to have a friend of mine, a former copper. And he used to go out and collect licence fees. He said people would stand there blatantly going, I ain't got it. He said they never were prosecuted. I think you'll find there was something like 70 prosecutions in a year. It, that was, it, was, it was pathetically bad, I'm afraid. Somebody else pointed out, after this flight vanished and we're still no nearer, surely a load of people on that plane what have I done with that? Uh, must have had telephones. They must have had telephones. And there is an app whereby you can find my phone surely, if these people, unless it's gone under the ocean and the phones are washed out, but, I mean, if they hadn't opened the doors and this <coughs> this plane just came down, and believe you me, we have no idea what happened to it, it's just vanished off the face of the earth, then there is a, it could be sitting under the ocean at the moment. We don't know. And there's some parts of the ocean, I don't know, it could be a mile down, in which case the pressure would be immense, and I don't know whether they'd be alive or not alive. I mean, they could find it there, or... James O'Brien said, what about the theory, which we put forward yesterday, of like a James Bond espionage kind of thing, whereby you you sort of flatten an area of the jungle, you land the plane, and then you cover it all over again, so from the air, you can't see it. I mean, that that could be a possibility. And I, I only say that because anything could be a possibility. It could absolutely be just about anything. We've got no idea where it went to. It just literally one minute was there, the next minute, gone vanished completely off the face of the earth no no last message no we've been taken over by hijackers no the engines have failed nothing came back no black box sending out a signal i appreciate the fact that sometimes they get found years later two years i think in one particular air crash but if this thing landed on water all those seats can be taken out all the cushions all over them and they use them as flotation so if if it blew up then that black box would still be out there transmitting. Why can't they find it? They can't be that incompetent, surely. With the modern technology, this thing should be of... It should have been found by now, but it's now running into days. And the longer it goes, the more difficult it becomes to find it. Nobody's claimed responsibility. Nobody's shot it down. I wish, you know, I wish wish somebody had come forward and said, yeah, we actually shot it down. People's liberation front of a tree or something. I don't know. Chris says, I didn't realise till yesterday how much Bob Crow was really liked... Yes. It's funny, isn't it, that they they like him after he's dead. When he was alive, nobody liked him at all. They all hated him. Everybody hated him. Every newspaper pilloried him. You know, nobody liked him at all. The moment somebody dies, they go, well, what a marvellous man he was. It becomes a little bit hypocritical, I'm afraid. A little bit hypocritical. Everybody's saying what a great person he was. It was only a few union leaders that they trotted out for the the television cameras to say, you know, he was loved by his members. And I, I firmly believe he did what he believed in. Still can't believe at 52 somebody can drop dead, but, I mean, we've had people drop dead at a much younger age than that. That's the that's the big problem, isn't it? That nowadays, what with the food and the lifestyle, uh, people do go a little bit quicker. I was tempted to look at the weather for today, and to be honest with you, yesterday was so... Bl- and cold! Cold! Oh, blimey, it was cold. It was freezing yesterday, and then I did tweet... Every day I've been saying, oh, it's going to be really sunny this week. It's going to be really lovely. We're going to have sunshine and it's, uh, and it's really nice out there. And and then it turned out to be overcast and miserable and horrible. And I thought, I don't want to ring you the uh, weather forecast for today because probably uh, chances are it'll be another mis- <laughs> miserable blooming day. Each day I get my shorts out and I sort of lay them on the bed and I think, today I'll wear my shorts. and then, um, And then I don't. I don't at all, actually. Um, here's the, uh, the piece about Bob Crow, Kevin Maguire. Of course, this is in the mirror. Nobody else has bothered, I'm afraid. Well, not really very much. And he talks about, uh, why should it just be the bankers, the politicians and the idle rich who get all the best things? We demanded a standard of living for our members that enables them to share in the fine wines and times that the likes of Cameron and his Etonian mates take for granted. Yeah, Bob Crow, the champagne socialist. You know, off with his, uh, off with his mates, Barbados... The Bahamas, lived in a council house, earned 145 grand a year. He could have afforded it, but, uh, you know, solidarity, a working class act. Well, sort of. Sort of a working class act. You know, on holiday in Brazil. And, uh, you know, his, uh, they say it's uh, controversial. He lived in this housing association home in Essex. There's nothing controversial about it. He could easily afford more. Why bother? Why bother? Union leader. Get, get what you want, I think. Get what you want. Uh, 84850, oh, co dot uk. And um, there's only so much begging a girl can take. This is the dreary Cheryl Cole, why I am back on panel. I haven't got the faintest idea what's going to make a good singer, but I'll drone on in my usual boring voice. Here's Zara Phillips, or Zara Tyndall now. And uh, she was at the Cheltenham races. God knows what she was wearing. Where did the royal family get their ideas for fashion from? Quite clearly, back and beyond. I, I mean, she's wearing here black leggings and a cream dress. I mean, she just looks ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Mind you, this is, this is the couple who flogged pictures to Hello magazine. So uh, you can't really expect her to dress properly at all, can you? And uh, they've got the ex-Barclays fat cat, Rich Ricky, enjoying Champion Day, doffing his hat as his horse won. I can't quite get excited about horse racing. I've been before. It's not really, you know, not as exciting as it is in the film Mary Poppins. Because I quite like that. And I quite liked it in My Fair Lady as well. That was that was very, very good as well. Uh, Carol Vorderman. Let's switch off big energy bills. I like Carol. I think we should get her back in for another In Conversation. <laughs> the, only, the only person who has actually, you know, um, derived so much publicity from being on In Conversation was her... Oh, God, we're still doing Liz Kershaw's story here. And uh, she talks about Saville was menacing and revolting, asked to pay tribute on air. I said that one day the stories had come out. Great to say that afterwards, isn't it, Really, I suppose you can say anything you like. Oh, yeah, we all knew about that. Oh, God, one day these stories will come out. Really? Nobody else around you seemed to know anything, dear. So I don't know why you would be different from people like that. The Princess Trust has saved my life. And I will tell you, uh, I will tell you about, um, about the man who went on Big Brother... And he's had a sex change to work as a prostitute because he can't get a job. So he's had... Well, he's not on a sex change. He's had sort of what they call half a sex change. It's like, you know, saving up for the rest of it. And he's now working as a prostitute. Very pretty person. And I'd completely forgotten about him. Whenever they say a big brother person, I was thinking, I wonder who that is. You know, hoping it's going to be somebody that you remember. But I sort of remembered him. And still droning on, I'm afraid. It's uh, Price is Wrong. Uh, Sometimes, fairly often says, uh, who's this? This is Clemmie Moody, I think. Uh, She talks about Jordan, one of those celebrities who who gets it wrong with the birds and the bees. Uh, Whilst denying claims she's trying for another baby, she writes nonchalantly in her Now Magazine column. Well, she doesn't. She can't write for Toffee, as we all know. I don't use contraception, but I'm not planning to get pregnant. Incredible, says Clemmie. Incredible. Completely missing the point that babies can be made whether we plan them or not. Katie Price sounds like she's promoting reckless, unprotected sex. Well, she's thick as a brick, as everybody knows. Obviously, it's not great reading for her tens of impressionable young teenage fans. Well I don't think anybody looks up to her anymore, do they? They look at her and they really laugh because she looks so horrendous. She says here, whilst it's one thing not to use contraception when you're a married woman in a loving relationship like Katie, they have to put that down. Uh, it's quite another for any adolescent girls who could be reading her weekly column. She's been branded dangerous and irresponsible. I think just idiotic. Just idiotic. And she went to visit the Cheltenham Festival and uh, with her husband, Kieran Hayler. And yesterday says, I was amused to hear that a magazine says I'm trying for a baby girl. Jet is only six months old and I haven't got my body back yet. The last thing I need now is another screaming baby. It's ridiculous. Imagine you, I mean, you can't get any thicker than poor old Katie Price. But uh, it's great, really, darling. But Great that you're still dragging round the same tatty old lines that you'd drag round before. Uh, Real Britain. Benefits change my life. Don't let the Tories axe them. I'll have to come round to that one a little bit later on. And, um, very strange here. This is a, a, a dozy council chief who advertised a local wedding fair on their website four and a half thousand miles away. Four and a half thousand miles away. Uh, One here. Steve, in 2010, after Cheryl Cole left the X Factor, she tweeted, It was a great experience and good times, but now it's part of my past, ready for new things. Uh, Unfortunately, John, there were no new things. There were new things. She tried it in America. It failed miserably. Her singing career went nowhere. She sat around twiddling her thumbs. I mean, she might as well have got a job in Sainsbury's stacking shelves. Although I suspect she wasn't quite up to it. And so, now she's uh, she's had to go crawling back to the X factor because they've lost Nicole Scherzinger to be brutally frank with you you know at the end of the day I'd rather have Nicole Scherzinger than the dreadful Cheryl Cole I'm just you know I'm not interested in her opinion or anything and uh, and as for the front it cannot be true that she she wants to get rid of Louis Walsh that would be a very unwise thing to say because Louis and Simon go back donkey's years I mean they are they are very very good friends it's as simple as that they don't uh, they do, they don't sort of you know, fall out over anything. They're very... Louis Walsh is a very, very easygoing person, whereas Cheryl Cole, I'm led to believe, is a bit of a nightmare, not the brightest penny in the box. Coming up, the news about prescription charges that are on the rise. How much are they going up by? LBC News Time. It's (laughs) 4.30. Morning. Nice to have you, company. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. This is what everybody wakes up to, the 4am Spikers. They're all there, all the way through. Thank you very much indeed uh, for, for joining us on LBC. I don't care where you are. You might even be in Blackpool. Hello. Not to do that, you know, makes people feel happy in Blackpool or Birmingham. I can't do a Birmingham accent. I probably could have thought it's Brummy, isn't it? It's Brummy. Um, one judge has said that postal voting is wide open to fraud and should be scrapped in its current form. Because uh, apparently they, they did a big piece on the television yesterday. I was sitting there watching thinking, postal voting? I mean, in theory, it should be somebody who's just out of the country. But there are certain communities that fiddle postal voting. And they were trying to get them to say which communities are prone to, to, to rigging things. And uh, they, were, they were going around the houses, going around. The, and Ian Dale was on there going, come on, which communities? Come on, tell us which communities. And, uh, and the two guests were going, well, <sighs> East Asian? I don't know where East Asian was, actually. I'm not too familiar with that. But that was the best that they came up with. But apparently, that's where all the vote rigging comes from. And so somebody would turn up at the polling booth with sort of a big wadge of about 50 postal votes. 99.9% of them fake. And so they've said that, you know, you have to scrap the postal vote on the election. you can't vote, it's your problem. You know, I think pe- people should make make things quite clear. But, I mean, they've had also... They've had dead people voting, you know, because it's, it's a fiddle. That's, uh, that's what it is. Uh, another one here um, from Ellie who says, I can't believe you like Lily Allen. She's got no talent. No, no, she's no, she's great, Lily Allen. I'm a bit bored with her. A bit bored. And says, When people used to compare her to Amy Winehouse, I would cringe. Amy was a real talent. Oh, she was an old druggie, wasn't she? I mean, nobody really cared about Amy Winehouse until the poor girl died. You know, up until then, it was just, oh, here she is on st- Oh, God, she's gone off on one again. And that was fact they always say, don't they? The good die young. Although I'm not sure that Amy Winehouse was well aware of, of her talent, uh, because she kind of wanted to throw it away. You know, if somebody wants to throw it away on drink and drugs, that's their business. It's got nothing to do with us. But it's it's such a waste of a life, isn't it? But I didn't think she was a big talent at all. I thought she could have been. She could have been a big talent. You know, her her, her estate only generated 300000 quid last year. Peanuts, isn't it, really? And that will start dwindling. You know, that will start disappearing. Just after she died, you know, they, they sort of kept it going for a bit. And now it's sort of petered out a bit. So I didn't think she was a great talent. I, was, I, I sort of watch people within the business. I find it fascinating to watch this, this sort of meltdown. We saw it with Pete Doherty. I was surprised he was still alive. Very, very surprised he was still alive. Very, very surprised that he was still bothering to make music. I couldn't tell you any of Baby Shambles' hits. I wasn't remotely interested in Pete Doherty. He just looked like a waste of space. In and out of court, and then who was is in court the other day? Uh, Professor Green. Uh, he's he's up on a, um, a charge. I thought Millie would have, you know. I thought that this is her bit of rough, isn't it? Are they married? They they are married, are they now? Good lord! Come on, Millie, pull yourself together. What's going on? You know, you don't. You know, you, you can take the council estate out of the boy, but you can't take the boy out of the council estate, can you? Even though you've tried. You know, you have to sort of you uh, have to try and sort of. Help somebody when they need a bit of help. I like the piece in the paper today by Alison Boshoff, who says, Can Cheryl's return save the X Factor and her fading career? Oh, her career's finished. I mean, what what, what career would we think that she's got? I mean, she has nothing. They say she's the nation's sweetheart. (laughs) She's not. Just does a few adverts on the television now. No, she's nothing at all. She has, uh, I mean... Uh, the, the audience of the X Factor has dropped. It was about 17 million, down to 16, 15, 14, 12, 11 million, hemorrhaging left, right and centre. And I'll tell you what the reason is, because Simon Cowell should be there. Either you're going to run a programme and be there and be at the helm. It's like saying, I'm terribly sorry, Steve Allen can't be here to do the programme today. Instead, we've roped in so-and-so, so-and-so to come in and do it. You go, but it's not the same, is it? It's not the same programme. And that's the same for Simon Cowell. He needs to be there for the X Factor. Having Cheryl Cole on there, nobody could give her 4X, I'm afraid. It just seems to be like a little fashion fair. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She comes out with amazing gaffes time after time after time. And and it's a bit sad and pathetic. I think they're trying to make her into some sort of global star. But, it's you know, she's not going to be invited to Vegas any soon, put it that way. So that's why. It's, a, it's not so much a fading career, it's fade Faye dead, I'm afraid, and I don't think it'll be coming back any time soon. I mean, not that I think there's anything the matter with her, apart from, you know, they, they just sort of hail her as if she's something interesting. And the, to put her on the front page of The Sun today saying, she wants to get rid of Louis Walsh and Simon wants to keep Louis Walsh, what in, you know, what in Dickens' name has got to do with Cheryl Cole? If the story's true, and I can't believe it's true, I mean, I'd, seriously, in my heart of hearts, I cannot believe that she would be that dumb as to say, I want to get rid of Louis Walsh. She wants another girl on the piano. uh, On on the piano. (laughs) I don't know. She might want to. Uh, She just wants another girl on the panel. So, in other words, Simon Cowell and two people who know nothing about music, because Cheryl doesn't know anything about music. She was in a a little band called Girls Aloud and, uh, Sound of the Underground, you know, and and little things where they all just sort of dressed up. She's about as high as a Polly Pocket. She's no bigger than that. And I think, obviously, because people see themselves in the paper, they start believing the publicity. They start believing what's written about them, that they really are the nation's sweetheart. I'm here to tell you, love, you're not. OK, you're not. You have no talent in the singing department. Do not waste your time going in a studio to try and record something. You know, nobody's going to be buying anything anytime soon. If poor Sarah Harding has barely raised herself out of the gutter, You know, to try... And then she goes, I'm going back in the studio... Nobody's interested. You know, do not mistake people writing about you in the papers for the public having an interest. They have no interest. They turn off. But you'll laugh when you hear the Trick Awards the other day. You know, the good and the great. For that read, a bunch of old nobodies from some reality shows turn up. I mean, can you believe they gave Peter Andre an award? I mean, really. Old man. Again, another one with a sort of, uh, a kind of tenuous singing career... You know, nobody in their right minds can be playing Peter Andre records because it just it just seems a little bit naff. It just seems a little bit naff. they get Peter Andre's a singer, they get yeah, only his own mind. And Peter goes around there thinking he's like some wicked pop star. It just looks like an old sad man. It's not working. However, what is working is the competition. Yes Well, I'd say the competition there is no competition for this programme. Uh, I can tell you that yesterday Pat from Halston. Is it is it Kime or Kimi? Oh god Pat I'm so sorry. Uh but the, the question was which program uh was taken the phrase I have a cunning plan. Black Adder. Black Adder. Pat, well done. You got the uh the ASUS laptop today. Oh it's huge today. Huge. Not not six inches? Not seven inches. Not ten inches. Not twenty inches. A big, massive forty-two-inch. Panasonic plasma TV. God, that's is huge, isn't it? That's even bigger than the one we've got in the studio. And I've got two in the studio. And you've got how many? You've got next door? Is it two or one? Just oh, just one. Oh. Somebody got the other one, did they? Lovely. But uh, uh, that's not that. What, how, what size is that one on the wall? That's about twenty inch or something. Wow, thirty is it? Oh right, that's thirty. Oh my god. Well, the forty two inch is huge. High definition resolution, clean dynamic sound, and built in Freeview tuner. Great TV. Great. Are you thinking of buying one? Don't. Don't. Could be working its way into your living room at 6.30 today. One lucky listener will win a 42-inch Panasonic Vieira TV today by answering this question correctly. Ready? Which TV programme, in which TV programme, would you hear the catchphrase, I've started, so I'll finish? In which TV programme would you hear the catchphrase, I've started, so I'll finish? To enter, text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, then your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So, I've started, so I'll finish. comes from... Text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, followed by your answer, and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text costs one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered, but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Enjoy because it's lovely. So have a go for that one. So let me dispense with Cheryl Cole. Um, uh, the contradictory life of Comrade Bob. This is uh, this is run. In the uh, mail today, loved by his members, loathed by the public. He was a bruiser with charm who lived in a council house while enjoying the high life. He was seen as a working-class hero. As any last month, he was off to Rio, enjoyed those little holidays, enjoyed his holidays. But obviously, something inside him uh, just decided to go and and gave up. I'm afraid. Uh, what else have we got here? Oh, Frankie Boyle has been given a new show on the BBC iPlayer website, putting him out of reach of watchdogs. Uh, he has a long hin- history of offending viewers. Well, I mean, that's kind of stupid, isn't it? I never thought he was offensive at all. If you, if you go to a Frankie Boyle show, it'll be packed out. There won't be a seat in the house or dry eyes by the end of it. He insults everybody. He is rude about everybody. He is disgusting. But that's what you get when you go to see him. It would be like going to see um, Bernard Manning when he was alive. Roy Chubby Brown. You go to see them, it's filth. Filth. But people seem to like filth. And so that was the kind of market. I mean, some of it was very, very clever. Sometimes you would sit there and go, oh, Frank, I can't believe you've said that. (laughs) You know, other people might have said it in the pub. I'm sure that there'll be jokes about Bob Crow before the day is out. There'll be something, won't there? You can just tell. But what's interesting is that Frankie Boyd is back on the screens. It's a shame that he doesn't have his column anymore in the paper. Because I used to think that was very good. I, I quite liked it. I, I can't think of the reason or why they actually ended up dropping it. There was, no, uh, there was no logical reason why they got it, apart from the fact that they said he was offensive. I shouldn't imagine he bothers. He's probably laughing all the way to the bank. All the way to the bank. Uh, Mary Berry, Sarah Vine, says, uh, Readers, I saw it with my own eyes. On Monday night's cookery show, Mary Berry dropped the following bombshell. I like to serve the cheese before the pudding and then went back to presenting her programme as though the world of aspirational middle-class dining had just not turned on its access. Whatever next? So Sarah Vine, the dowager countess, telling Carson to scrap the fish course. Can't quite get that one at all. I think mean, lots of people have their cheese before their before their dessert, don't they? Before their pudding. I love Mary Berry. I think she's fantastic. Wait, wait for this. You'll love this one. <laughs> Hold your hands up, OK, and go. No surprise there, Steve. If you watch my big fat gypsy wedding, there were a lot of parts of the programme where men appeared pixelated. It was because they were coming out of prison. And now the jail inspectors say one in 20 prisoners, one in 20 prisoners are either gypsies or travellers. One in 20 prisoners. 4,276 prisoners in England and Wales being from those groups. They are either from the Romany or traveller community. So does that mean they just thieve? I mean, we know we've seen people on the television. We know that they thieve. We know that they, they don't pay tax. But one in 20, that's extremely high. Extremely high. A Ministry of Justice spokesman says we are committed to ensuring fair and equal treatment for all prisoners. But the trouble is, I mean, there was some, some gypsy pickpockets, the rosters, who stole from at least 185 commuters on late-night trains leaving London. They built mansions in Romania. There are around 85,000 inmates in England and Wales. The population of women prisoners is nearly 4,000. In the report, prisoners were asked to identify themselves as Gypsy, Romani or Traveller. Romani or Roma speak the Romani language, or they did so in the past, uh, and it's the, uh, the Scottish, Welsh and Irish Travellers who live nomadically. Well, they don't, actually. They, they sort of take on a bit of land and they put up these porter cabins. You could see them all over the place. But as I say, I, don't know really, I couldn't care less. You know, once they catch people and put them in prison, I'm not remotely interested in which ethnic background they come from. I know in some prisons they've had to build mosques because there's so many Muslims in there. You've been telling me next there's there's lots of people over five foot six in prison. You know, you can identify all sorts of groups. But all I care about is somebody pays tax. If they don't pay tax, I want to know what the hell the government's doing about it. You know, it seems to be so easy to come in and rip people off. And you've had all sorts of people going around saying, oh, your chimney needs doing, or that needs doing. And then the police turn up with a film crew and immediately start backtracking. You've seen loads of people who, uh, who rip people off. They put them on television programmes. They're now one in 20 in prison, gypsies or, or travellers. Just dreadful, isn't it? Um, there's a bid to save Captain Scott's lost pictures, which I'll tell you about a little bit later on. Teresa says Cheryl versus Louis is for publicity. It's all a load of tosh. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. I mean, I think, to be honest with you, it's, um, it's drummed up to try and get some interest in the programme. I don't, I mean, I can't believe she'd be that stupid as to diss Louis Walsh. He just sits there. We know he's, you know, you know what his track record is. It's as simple as that. But. He's such a nice person on the programme. He's he's inoffensive, whereas she's desperately fame-hungry, but with nothing to back it up. At least he can back it up. She can't back anything up at all. You know, she might as well go back to Newcastle and blooming well stay there. Coming up, I'll be revealing... Oh, I'm not. Am I really? The best biscuit for dunking. Oh, Lord, above. I thought I'd risen above that. It's like saying, what time do you put your pyjamas on? I mean, it's just ridiculous. What colour sweet do you like? It's revealed by scientists, and before you ask, it's not a chocolate digestive. 4.45. Steve Allen. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, 12 minutes to five is the time. You all seem to agree about Cheryl Cole, don't you? are not big fans of her. That's what I say. She appears to be a media sort of person, as opposed to somebody who the public like. I don't think the public like her. In the same way, I don't think the public like uh, Susanna Reid. I'm pretty certain you don't. You've called her smug. You know, you just don't like her. And then they had the Trick Awards yesterday. The Trick of the television and radio industry awards, I don't know who they're voted for by, I've no idea, I've never won one but there again I'm not in the business to try and win an award, I'm in the business to just do a do a programme and so I was sort of looking at, at what people win and I think you just get this award but when, when you look at who they actually give them to you kind of sort of kind of lose the will to live. Katie Price does make all the papers today because of her ridiculous thing on I'm not using contraception, and but I'm not trying for a baby, proving that she really is as thick as we all think she is. It's a bit, bit Joey Essex, I'm afraid. They don't become any dimmer. We told you yesterday about Mr Kipling ditching the exceedingly good cakes. I don't know why that would make a difference to the company. I don't know whether or not people... I think people buy Mr Kipling cakes because of the way they look on the front cover and they taste quite nice. That's, that's the only thing... <laughs> I can't think of anything else, I'm afraid. <laughs> anything else about them. They seem to be quite nice. I can't remember where they're made. I can't remember if United Biscuits make Mr Kipling. They seem to make everything else nowadays, so I see no reason why they shouldn't. Uh, I can't find the, uh, the trick... Can you find me the, the, the trick awards, Sam? The, uh, the winners and losers. Well, there weren't any losers. They only put winners up, but it does seem to be, over the years, we've become so low-rent... You know, and it's reality people, you know, people with no discernible talent. But they, again, they're like the Cheryl Coles. They believe that, because the papers write about them, because they've got nothing else to write about, that they are big celebrities, that they are big stars. Whereas, uh, you know, I've always liked to bring them down to size. Since you mentioned Cheryl Coles, Steve, all I can think is her rose tattoo says it all. Yes, so Rupert Balty was telling me about the, the rose tattoo. I'd forgotten, actually. Uh, another one here. Uh, this is, uh, Malcolm says, I don't think Miss Cole could do shelf stacking. She can't actually reach them. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, I really can't, uh, I really cannot see what all the fuss is over Cheryl Cole. Can't sing, can't dance, not particularly attractive, not a nice personality either. In fact, living proof that the only good thing to come out of Newcastle is brown ale. Yes, I mean, she's, she's kind of distanced herself from Newcastle, hasn't she? She thinks she's up market now. You know, because somebody does her makeup and sticks her in a pretty frock and they do her hair. Well, I say her hair, they do somebody else's hair and stick it on her head. Uh, the whole thing is she's overhyped and, and that's what it is. Pat in Halson says, Thank you for the great prize. Delighted. Yeah. Pat was the winner yesterday. So that's, uh, that's great. And uh, it, could be, it could be you today getting your hands on my 42 inch Panasonic Viera TV. Would you like it? Very easy. And which TV program? Would you hear the catchphrase, I've started, so I'll finish. Text the word gadget. Very important, you text the word gadget. Followed by your answer and send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. So it's gadget, then your answer, and then send it to 84850. Text costs pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online, ladies and gentlemen, at lbc.co.uk. So, Pat, I'm delighted... Delighted uh, that you won yesterday. Chris uh, says, have you noticed they only provide pencils in voting booths? And in fact, only black ink makes a document legal. Yes, I mean, it's uh, I mean, I've heard some horrendous stories about about vote rigging and about how easy it is to do. And that's why they're saying we shouldn't have postal votes. We've got to do away with them because it's just open to abuse and certain communities are worse at doing it. It's as simple as that. And so here they are. Here are the, the trick awards as announced last night. Um they, they uh I don't know who the who the people were in the categories, but Susanna Reid, they call her T V star now, as opposed to she's just one newsreader of the year. That's not presenter, that's newsreader. She can read words on an auto cue. Oh whoopee doo. Makes you wonder if it's fiddle, doesn't it, really? Makes you wonder if it's fiddled, because to be honest with you, one person reading, as long as they don't trip up over the words, is exactly the same as another person. So it could have gone to just about anybody, but because ITV have signed her for a huge amount of money, they think, and I think you're going to prove them wrong, they think that she is the saviour of breakfast television. I don't know why. Smug? BBC presentation sticking all over her. She's not. She hasn't got that touch. I'm afraid. She thinks she's better than anybody else, and that's why it will turn people off in their droves. ITV's common. ITV's common. You only got to watch this morning. It's common. It's appearing to the lowest common denominator. Benefit fraudsters. You know, people have cheated. The sister. that's that's the sort of guest they go for. Nobody's interested in the smug Susanna Reid. Nobody cares. Nobody cares who it is. You couldn't care less who it is you're waking up to on the television, because it's just there in the background. You don't sit there hanging on every word. And so she's got Newsreader of the Year. I mean, ironic, isn't it? She never had anything else before, but at uh, the moment she announces the, the, the defection to ITV, um, she beat Fiona Bruce and Lorraine Kelly. Fiona Bruce? You know, she was still around. she? Uh, oh, is that the one who does the, um, the Antiques Roadshow thing? And Lorraine Kelly? I mean, Lorraine Kelly is a presenter, so newsreader of the year, Susanna Reid. Obviously not presenter of the year. Uh, Other winners, Gabby Logan. She got uh, presenter title. Uh, She knocked Claire Balding and Sue Barker, uh, the sports presenter title. She was in on uh, our programme a short while ago for In Conversation. Uh, Doctor Who won HD Drama Programme of the Year, beating Downton Abbey and Call the Midwife. Who's watching Doctor Who? Who is watching it? Not me. Not me. Uh, Claudia Winkleman and Paul O'Grady lost out to... Anton Deck again. <laughs> it's a shame. They, they might as well just send them the award to home. Saves them putting a suit on and turning up. Let's just... Send... send uh, uh, have we got some... Award? Oh, send it to Anton Deck, OK. They've won it every other year. Don't ever... It, it's like, you know, if ever anybody said to Claudia Winkleman, you're up against Anton Deck, she should have just held her hands up and to shoot me now. I'm going to lose out. Um, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here in The Apprentice... Lost out to Strictly Come Dancing in the reality programme. This was this pathetic story pushed out the other day, wasn't it? That they were thinking of big bringing, bringing in to the Strictly Come Dancing Helen Flanagan to boost the ratings. <laughs> if you really want to go low rent, why don't you put Cheryl Cole on it and really take it down market? Coronation Street, Beast, EastEnders and Emmerdale... Which is a shame, because I think Emmerdale's good. and it's got some really great storylines. There's a bit of naff acting going on at the moment. There's a few people in there who they should be dropping from a great height, I'm afraid. And EastEnders, I have not seen. I have not seen. Uh, the satellite digital TV personality, Peter Andre. Well, hilarious. Hilarious. What's he been on recently? Is he on anything at all, apart from Planet Peter? Uh, the weather presenter is Carol Kirkwood. And it's going to be raining here and here and sunny here. Would you like an award? What, for just doing that? Yeah, thank you very much indeed. Um, News presenter stroke reporter, Susanna Reid. Perhaps that's what she's going to be on that daybreak program. They can't have her actually if you're fronting it. She's going to come over as way too snooty, I'm afraid. Soap personality is Ashley Taylor Dawson. He plays Darren Osborne in Hollyoaks. You'd have seen him because he did another program on the... He might have done Dancing on Ice... He did Strictly, did he? Oh, right. Ashley Taylor-Dawson. He's a lot older than he looks, but I quite, I quite like him. I quite like him. Factual programme went to Paul O'Grady for the love of dogs, because only Paul O'Grady presents like Paul O'Grady. Uh, daytime programme was This Morning. You see, so they all, they all get something. That's why I'm not sure who it's voted for by. Uh, satellite digital programme goes to The Ghastly Celebrity Juice. Uh, the Trick Special Award, I mean, this, this goes, how f- goes to prove how rubbish it is, Dancing on Ice. The programme they've just axed, because it was dire. Susanna Reid thanked her former BBC Breakfast colleagues. Uh, she was presented with the award by Breakfast presenter Charlie State. And, um... I mean, they just sit there reading auto autocue. It's not complicated at all. She says, I've been lucky enough to present with Charlie State and Bill Turnbull. And then, wait, wait for this one. This is the real, you know, you'll feel the vomit in your throat. The award is not about me, but is a testament to all the work that everyone else puts in. The chemistry you have with your co-presenters, it's a huge thank you to them. And apparently, in an emotional speech... God, not crying as well. She thanked Breakfast late editor Alison Ford, who took a risk on me. Yes, I think ITV have done the same, darling. I think ITV have done the same risk, I'm afraid. But uh, we'll wait and see. Even one of the uh, the big uh, Ladbrooks, isn't it? Ladbrooks, Something like that. Taking odds on the programme will only last about a year. Which probably seems about just the right amount of time. Because if you don't like somebody normally... You're not going to uh, not going to like them on the television, are you? Which is a shame. Uh, still, still, the military cannot find this this mystery plane, this uh, 777 flight MH370. You watch. I reckon somebody in Hollywood is going. Can we make a film about this? The plane that vanishes into thin air. The mobile phones, apparently, of the people on board are still ringing. They still really thought the batteries would have run down by now. But the the mobile phones, they say, are still ringing. Uh, Lots of people are saying that uh, there's a conspiracy theory. It could have been taken down by North Korean rulers or Muslim extremists. Well, then why would they not say something? You know, they, they could have said something, said, we've taken it down. But so far, nobody has admitted anything, which makes it all the more mysterious. Why don't they do find my phone? That would give them a rough idea. All this technology... And still no nearer. Still plenty more to come on LBC on Steve Allen's early breakfast. Coming up, talking about Keith... I will do that biscuit story. Don't don't push me on the biscuit story. I'm really not sure I can actually do that. Uh, I'll be talking about Keith Richards' new career. Yes, the Rolling Stones' Hellraiser is starting a new venture. Girls who are obese at 11 apparently get lower GCSE grades. Plus why you should think twice about cutting your toenails if you are diabetic and the LBC Gadget Giveaway. Today, it's a 42-inch Panasonic plasma TV with high-definition, built-in freeview, great TV for catching up with your favourite programmes, films and more. It could be winging its way to you, ladies and gentlemen. I hope it is, actually. Pat in Harleston was very happy. From LBC, this is Steve Allen. All of that is next. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC... Text 84850 Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Oh, by the way, I knew there was something I forgot to mention to you at the beginning of the program. There's a new, you need to, if you've got an Apple iPhone, an iPad, mini iPad, you need to plug it into your computer. There are updates which came in uh, last night. Okay, so you need to do your updates. So if you've got an Apple iPhone, an iPad, or an iPad mini, plug it into your computer and it will do an update. There's a new piece of software that goes in there, which sounds quite exciting. I did it. It takes about 15 minutes, okay? So do that. Still to come, those dunking biscuits and the conspiracy theories. And be careful, or you've added it. Added it, okay? It's a bit of a play on words about adders in the... Com- okay? Or that and everything else. Plus your texts and emails and your chance to win a 42-inch plasma television, all between now and 6.30. On LBC with Steve Allen's Early Breakfast. Yes, yeah, so do the do the updates on, on your phone. Go and plug it into the computer. I mean, I'm, I've got friends of mine who have apple iphones and they don't bother plugging them in at all i said well how do you do your updates they said oh, i didn't know there were any updates i said yeah you absolutely have got to uh, you've got to do updates and so that's why so plug it in and there's uh, one it's about 15 20 minutes it's a new piece of software that goes into the, i to be honest with you to be brutally frank i've got no idea what it does i just know it says downloading the software and then this and that And so oh, anyway sorted out now and, uh, and done. I only did it because a friend of mine said you must update your, your iPhone. OK. Uh, where is the sun, says Noreen? The big question I was asking yesterday, where is the sun? I'm happily giving out the weather on LBC, up and down the country, going, oh, it's going to be sunny, it's going to be a lovely week, it's going to be a heat wave. I walked home, you know, frozen to death. Freezing yesterday morning, not quite as bad this morning. Not quite as bad. Shock about Bob Crow, says Noreen. Yeah, I mean, I was shocked. I said Because it's somebody who's only on LBC... On the weekend, he was only on with Andrew Castle. Weekend just gone. And the aircraft saga. I've got some, some, uh, some conspiracy theories on that one. Some you'll laugh at and some you might want to take a little bit seriously. Uh, nobody seems to know, says Noreen, what's happened to it. And uh, the co-pilot had passengers in the cockpit with him in the past. Yes, there is a, a picture. The aviation chiefs were probing the pilot, Farik Abdul Hamid who was flying the plane, and he's got two women in the cockpit, and they took a picture as well. Uh, Malaysian Airlines said they were shocked by the claims. Fairly shocked myself that the thing's vanished. And uh, have a great day, counting down to your 38th birthday, she said. Mind you, in the light of Bob Crow, I started feeling decidedly queasy yesterday, thinking if it can happen to him at 52, it can happen to me at whatever age I am. Anyway, so some of these conspiracy theories which are in the papers for today. First of all, the terrorist bomb, which was the first one that we thought of. Uh, Aviation experts did fear, to start with, that that's what it was, perhaps blown up by a terrorist group from China. No debris's been found. Uh, The oil slick came from a a boat, so we're we're none the wiser. Uh, A catastrophic mechanical failure. Um, Very interesting, but again, we can disprove it. That, That could mean that the plane would land on water, but they float. They float. I mean... Uh, they said here, but it could, it could have landed on the water, and then it might have sank. It seems unlikely, was neither the pilot, neither pilot sent a distress signal. Which you would, as you were going down, you would flick the button to send the Mayday distress signal. It would activate all sorts of things, but nothing at all there. Uh, North Korea may have captured the aircraft and diverted it. The, I came up with this one the other day. When it first happened, I said it, it could be like a James Bond situation, where North Korea... Capture. There could be some people from North Korea on there. The pilot was hijacked. Do not touch anything. Do not send any messages. It's just stopping now and you will land the plane down there. That could have happened. But nobody said anything because I seriously think there would be huge repercussions. Uh, The other one is the black hole. Now, you may laugh about this one, but some people actually believe this kind of thing. This is a, a transponder sending signals making it impossible for an aircraft to disappear. Some now believe that the plane has vanished into an aeronautical black hole. I don't know how likely that is, to be honest with you. Uh, aliens. Some say that the uh, the site uh, and the the plane could have been taken up by aliens. I mean, I'm, I'm only putting that down to the doolally people on one side. Um... There could be many people in the Far East are known to be superstitious and guided by the views of holy men. Malaysian newspaper, the New Straits Times, quoted a religious figure saying the aircraft was hijacked by elves and suspended in midair. A bit unlikely. Uh, pilot suicide. There is uh, a chance that the pilot caused the plane to crash, killing himself and everybody on board. Although pilot suicides are rare, they have been known to happen. But there was no indication that anything, anything untoward happened here. Ele- electronical Warfare, electronic warfare, which means that the plane could have been downed by manipulating the aircraft's systems. At least 20 passengers were experts in this technology and worked for the same employer. There'd be a good reason why a rival company or hostile government would want to get rid of these specialists. It's a bit dramatic, isn't it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, even, even with hindsight, looking at, you know, the, the technology that is in planes nowadays, would it, would it really be possible to make a plane vanish completely? with with no trace of anything. There would be, if it went down in the sea, there would be a lot of fuel on board which would have leaked out. There would be the black box flight recorder which would be pulsating. It goes for between 30 and 90 days, and they've been known to sort of reactivate themselves after about two years. They found bits of the debris, but they couldn't find the black fi- flight recorder, and then they eventually find it. People's phones apparently are still ringing. They're not going to their answer phone, not straight away. So that indicates that uh, somewhere they might be somewhere. You don't know. You don't know. You have no idea whether North Korea decided to take the plane. But then somebody would say something. What are they going to do? Rebrand it or something? I don't. I don't quite understand where it's gone to. But I'm as fascinated as the next person. So we shall. We shall have to wait and see. I, I did predict yesterday. I might have been right or I might have been wrong. Uh, you know, in the fact we, we will never find it. It's just going to be one of those deep mysteries. Which is dreadful. Uh, 84850, steve dot lbc.co.uk. We shall weave everything in, which is what we do. Uh, Mick says, Cheryl, the singing midget, back on the X Factor, she's not worth it. Well, I don't think she is either. Apparently a million and a half pounds, they were saying the other day. Which is even more depressing, isn't it? I'm afraid. Uh, 848- oh, I'll tell you what I've got uh, coming in. We're, we're, well, we're, we're sort of just negotiating at the moment. Uh, Adamant. A lot of people have uh, said... Actually, Dawn sent me a thing yesterday. She went to the recording of the Michael McIntyre show. I didn't say that uh, you said it was boring. What I said was, she'd said in a text that uh, it was two hours. I went, oh, God, how bum-numbingly boring. So I didn't say you said that. I just want to make sure that you understand exactly what I said. And uh, following on from Kevin, the original Milkman, can I call myself Mark, the original East Ender in Oz? He says, uh, any new theories on the missing plane? Would it be too far-fetched for trained hijackers to kidnap and land the plane somewhere? Um, (coughs) Well, in in theory, yes, of course it would be. Yes, of course it would be. It would be possible for somebody to say, is it possible to go up into the cockpit? And then, but then you'd have to make sure there were people in the plane. It it couldn't be just one person. No point in somebody just one person going up into the cockpit and then hijacking the plane. But it's happened before, hasn't it? Remember seeing that film? Was it Air Force One? I can't remember what the film was called now. And there was that one there. Oh, no, Independence Day. No, it wasn't. It was a film about the, uh, about the president's flight being hijacked in America. I think it was Air Force One. Uh, the plane is called Air Force One. And uh, so it could have been that. But you're going to need a few people. Somebody to say to the pilots, do not touch anything. I know where the switch... Don't touch that. You will not send a message back saying May Day. Uh, it could be possible. bit far-fetched. Or they could have got into the cockpit killed the, uh, the pilot and the co-pilot, but then you're not going to set fire, you know, you're not going to use a gun on a plane for fear of putting a hole in the fuselage. That's not going to be happening anytime soon. I'd be very, very surprised. So, in other words, we're back where we started. We've got no idea. We're clutching at straws, I'm afraid. But uh, every, every possibility will be explored, and every possibility. That, you know, the phones, they say, can they not track an iPhone? I've got the app. You can find your iPhone wherever it happens to be. So if somebody somebody pinching, pinches it, then you can find the thing. Not difficult. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. One here, it says, uh, going back to yesterday's points raised about sausages. You're right about Richmond sausages, but they do have a great flavour. Another sausage I love was Wall's black pepper sausage, which has now been discontinued. It's the fact that some of these sausages have very little meat in them. I used to buy the Walls microwavable sausages, and to be brutally frank with you, first thing in the morning, they were absolutely delicious, until you look at the meat content. I think it was only like 42% meat. I'm looking for a bit more in a sausage, I'm afraid. A little bit more. Uh, The two blokes that fiddled passports to get on the plane, that's disappeared. About as much luck as Jack and his mate winning two tickets at Cards for the maiden voyage of Titanic, says John. Yes, I suppose you could equate it the same way, couldn't you? Oh, well done, you've got two tickets on a plane, and oh, we're being hijacked. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 it would be interesting to put out a survey on exactly, uh, exactly what happened to it. I mean, you'd love to know if you could sort of rewind history, but at the moment, absolutely nothing at all. Uh, Francisco says, "Bring back Selena Scott." Oh God, no! Definitely not Selena Scott. Wasn't she the one? Should she, she sue Channel Four for ageism? I think she was going to be coming or Channel Five. No, I can't remember. It was it was one of the... They were going to bring her back and then they decide the last minute to change their minds. Because I think she now keeps a herd of goats and she knits socks. She takes the wool from the goats and spins it and then she makes socks. But that that was about it. I mean, she was good on, on the breakfast television, but that was years ago. I, th- I think now... Not really. I don't know what the answer is to a successful programme. Believability, I think, is the key word. Believability. You have to trust the person you're listening to or watching. You have to like that person. If you don't like them, it doesn't make any difference what sort of publicity they get in the newspapers. But I've always had uh, an, an addendum, which is that if somebody makes the news and they are the news, then you don't put them on a television programme as a presenter. Because they're they're there for completely the wrong reason. Completely the wrong reason. Uh, Alfred says, I'm an ex-soldier. You can't offend me with profanity, but I don't find profanity for the sake of profanity at all funny. Some people do. The late Princess Margaret apparently had a a right little turn of, of rude words and was not afraid to use them. Sometimes they can be funny. Sometimes profanities are funny and sometimes they're not Sometimes you can use certain words and you think that sounds quite funny. There was that poor woman the other day who had uh, got the pepper Pig video out and her child had learned a four-letter word because she thought that's what it sounded like. And I'm assuming that a lot of parents do use bad language around their, their children. Still to come, the biscuits which are worth dunking. It's a scientific study. I'm not doing this for any sort of cheap throwaway, oh, goodness me, what biscuits do you dunk kind of situation. But it's a scientific study. And the neighbours at war over a cat LBC News time, it's 5.15 Nick Ferrari back at 7 this morning continuing reaction into the uni leader Bob Crow's death and asking was he good for London, plus why are Chinese teachers coming to this country to teach our kids maths and can we ever say ADHD is a myth, looking at the papers this morning it's our friend Professor Jonathan Shallit who's back in again, chairman of Raw he's a music and TV agent he seems to have most people Most people who feature on this programme anyway. (laughs) I think he listens to this programme thinking, I think I'll go for that one. I wonder who's got Susanna Reid. That'll be be a winner, won't it, at the moment. He's a visiting professor at Henley Business School. He will be up, of course, at this precise moment in time. Arsenal, terribly sorry. Yes, the the draw in Munich, not enough to prevent the Champions League exit. Eliminated at the first knockout stage for the fourth successive season, despite a battling 1-1 draw with Bayern Munich. So, uh, sorry about that little bit embarrassing. I know that Neil is absolutely gutted, as indeed is uh, many, many other people. Somebody wrote to me saying, I had no idea that you were a gooner. I said, well, I've had lots of diseases in my time. You know, I've managed to, managed to escape most of them at the moment, but uh, not much uh, Not much good, I'm afraid. But there was a documentary on the television about uh, Arsenal and England's Ian Wright. He says, lovely bloke. Yeah, actually, I heard it. I mean, I, I don't want to put the cat among the pigeons and upset you, Neil, but... Uh, he used to present a programme on the television, and it used to take them for ages to get it right, because he's, he's not a particularly good presenter. It actually it took them almost as long as Michael McIntyre to do a programme. So, but anyway, he says, uh, if you get a chance to watch it, it's touching, honest and genuine, even if you don't like football. He says, I've sent you a little link when Ian meets the teacher who took him under his wing, who Ian believed had died some years earlier. So there you go. He says, read Bob Crow, admittedly not everybody's cup of tea it did stick up for his members and wasn't afraid to stand up and be counted something many MPs could do with ad- adopting and thoughts to the uh, to the family yes i mean the, it's funny the, the moment somebody dies out come all the uh, the people going oh he was great he was this and that you know week ago they're just pulling him apart you know he he believed in it i suppose he was a bit of a champagne socialist he enjoyed the finer things in life and that's the way he worked the interesting thing will be Who's in the front running to take over his job? Is there anybody out there who has got as much, you know, charisma, chutzpah, whatever, whatever you want to call it from Bob Crow? Is there anybody out there who has actually got that? So far, I haven't seen any names emerging. I've seen a few union leaders being interviewed, but I haven't seen anybody who's actually uh, put themselves forward to say, uh, I, I could uh, I could run the RMT. Um, I have done the update. comes down over Wi-Fi, says Steve. However, since the update I've now got an arrow icon next to the alarm clock symbol that I cannot get rid of. Noticeable changes so far have been the end call button whilst making a call. Yes, I'll tell you what I noticed sending texts. The text uh, has come up differently. It looks darker. Looks much much darker. Um and I, that I noticed straight away whether I mean to be honest with you whether or not that's that was there beforehand. I don't know, but I'm sure it was it was paler. So, I did turn off the Wi-Fi yesterday. I don't know why I did. I just thought it was using up too much power. It probably isn't. Probably isn't at all. Shall I tell you the weather for today? I don't really know whether I should bother. Saying as the last few days I appear to have got it spectacularly wrong. Today, areas of mist and low cloud will clear. Long sunny spells that are expected across most of London and the south-east feeling pleasantly warm by mid-afternoon. I don't believe it. I've read this, uh, this out every day. At the moment, 4 degrees centigrade. It'll reach 14 later on. Double it add 30. 34, 64 degrees today. Tonight, mist and cloud spreading eastwards. Cloudy night with light winds. And then tomorrow, dry with sunny spells. Friday, bright with sunny spells. And Saturday, Sunday, breezy, mainly dry, bright. It's lovely, isn't it? I'm off to the cinema today. I'm going to see a, a new film. Which I'm looking forward to. I hope I don't fall asleep. I'm dreadful at these. You go along to these preview cinemas, and uh, there's about 50 seats in there, or so. sometimes they're a bit smaller than that. I've sat in some, some, re- I've been to hotels, into their screening rooms, but th- this one is one of the big, uh, big film, film companies today. And I know I shall sit down there. It's like sitting in an armchair, and you just kind of, you know, sort of nod off. If the film doesn't grip you, you know, then you you do tend to nod off. The story I mentioned at the beginning of the programme makes the front page of the Metro today. And it's the story of a nail biter. Be warned, nail biters. This is not a pleasant story. Um, John Gardner chewed his finger ends frequently. He contracted a septic infection. He was a diabetic. It killed him days after his 40th Birthday. Uh, he's a former amateur football referee. He died as he recovered from an operation to remove the tip of a finger. And uh, last night, his mother Jean claimed more could have been done to help him, and his death should serve as a warning to others who bite their nails. I bite my nails. I was getting. It's... Actually, I saw another one of our presenters uh, at one of our sister stations yesterday. I went up their uh, stairs to record Russell Watson, and this presenter was biting, I said, Don't bite your nails. But it's an, You know, if you bite... it's like The funny thing is, is, it's smoking. It's smoking all over again. If you're a smoker, you love smoking. If you're a non-smoker, you can't quite understand why people still smoke, knowing the damage it's doing to them. If you're a nail-biter, nobody can ever understand. I used to bite my toenails many, many years ago. It has to be said, there's no chance of getting anywhere near them at the moment. But his fingernails were always in a, a very bad condition... Um, he had endured a fairly difficult life. He did suffer from depression, OK? So let's, let's not sort of say it was solely down to the fact that he was biting his nails. But unfortunately, being a diabetic, you've got to be extremely careful. He had a leg amputated a few years back because of his diabetes, but he, he died too exalted. I mean, he did get, you know, as much as, you know, you can say, a high standard of care. But... At the end of the day, it turned septic. They removed the top of his finger, but unfortunately it spread, and he died as a result. Whether or not that puts you off biting your fingernails, I do not know. I have no idea. Uh, 84850. Oh. Steve says, uh, if phones are still ringing, this is for the, the doomed plane, they would be able to triangulate to within 50 metres of where the phones are. I find it hard to believe they wouldn't have done it already. I'm assuming they've tried everything, and that's why they are, they are none the wiser. I mean, I'm assuming... I mean, they can't be that daft. They must have tried everything, mustn't they? <clears throat> Take me back, says Richard in Wapping, to the old days when only men would read the news. Robert Dougal and Reggie Bosenkett, or Boozalot. Yes, he, he was, he was, I'm afraid, sozzled a lot of the time. <laughs> Bless his heart. <clears throat> uh, what have happened to the old Trevor McDonut? Is he still doing the round somewhere, or is he retired? And who the hell is Carol Kirkwood? New one on me, says Steve. I think she reads The Weather on... On a on a, a TV station is she on the BBC or something like that? I don't understand why they give awards to somebody who reads the weather. It's not like she goes out there and has to look at her Stevenson screen, is it? Perhaps she does, I don't know. But uh, but we used to have that thing with the weather, didn't we? Who was the woman who used to read on ITV? Didn't she go out with Lembidopic or something? Was that Sean Lloyd. She was from Welsh Wales, wasn't she, Sean Lloyd? She looks very like my uh, my neighbour Lynn. Shine a Where's she gone? She doesn't read the weather now. They, they started, I think Channel 5 started the idea of bringing in little sort of poppets who came. They didn't know anything about the weather, they just had to read what somebody else had written for them. Because Ulrika Johnson didn't know anything about the weather at all. But she was brought in because she fitted. I think she was a, she was a secretary, wasn't she? And they gave her a go reading the weather in the early days of TVAM. And so the rest, as they say, is history. The rest, as they say, is history. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. It's amazing how the conspiracy theories continue on the, the flight that has vanished off the face of the earth. And having had the story the other day of the woman whose cockatiel was sitting up a tree, and it took something like 14 firemen, RSPCA inspector and two PCSOs, now we have the hamster who disappears into a pipe, and they had to, you know, um, they ended up digging up this pipe which was outside. Hamsters are very adventurous. They like going, I mean, our, our cat was as adventurous as our hamster. We used to have a bathroom. Well, of course, most people had a bathroom. We weren't that, 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 primitive. But it had, um, it was an airing cupboard as well, and there was a gap in the floorboards, and our cat, if ever you opened the airing cupboard door to get the towels out, so it kept the towels nice and warm and stuff like that, uh, the cat would shoot down, the hu- it would see this hole in, whoosh, in there, and it would go all the way to the front of the house. You could hear it padding its way all the way along to the And it would stay there. And to get it out was a devil of a job. In the case of the hamster, they actually feared that uh, that Holly, the hamster, was a gooner. Sorry, goner. And, uh, and so they didn't know what to do. So they, they dug the, uh, the pipe up. And a very small, very interesting, they tried carrots, they tried toys, bits of wood. Sadly, they climbed into bed with tears in their little eyes because they they thought the hamster had gone. But uh, they didn't. When dawn broke, they could hear Holly scampering about, so they asked some workmen to help out. They crowded at the end of the pipe, dug a deep hole, but Holly did not emerge. So they grabbed an industrial air hose and switched it on. And effectively, it blew the hamster out the other end of the. Imagine the hamster. I'm not going. What? The dick? I'm flying without wings, <laughs> straight out the end. And a uh, one, one very muddy little hamster. But now back with uh, with owner Elisha in Lancashire. And that, as they say, is a true story. Coming up, the results of the Euro Millions draw from last night. Did I win? Find out next. LBC News time, five thirty. Steve Allen on LBC. 27 minutes to 6. It's LBC. Yesterday, Pat from Harlesden got the fabulous Asus laptop by knowing I have a cunning plan, was taken from Blackadder. Today, to win yourself a 42-inch Panasonic Plasma TV with high-definition, dynamic sound built in Freeview... Uh, everything. A really nice television. A really nice television. It could be winging its way to your living room at 6.30. One lucky listener will win the 42-inch Panasonic Viera TV. You need to know the answer to this question. In which TV programme would you hear the catchphrase, I've started, so I'll finish? In which TV programme would you hear that catchphrase, I've started, so I'll finish? Text the word gadget, G-A-D-G-E-T, on your phone, followed by your answer. And then send that to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. Text one pound fifty plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network. Full terms and conditions online at lbc.co.uk. Good luck. That's very nice. Uh, regarding the no-mark celebrities, says Kevin, the Kent milkman. I was watching some old Oscar awards the other day. Charlie Chaplin, James Stewart and Sinatra, to name but a few. Yes, I know. What do we get now? Joey Essex and Suzanne Reid. That's, that's the level, I think. But that, of course, watching the Oscars. And there is a, a DVD out, I think, called Oscar. And it's got all the people on there. John Wayne coming on. He had very bad throat cancer when he came on. Uh, Charlie Chaplin, they couldn't get the sound right for him. So it was all <laughs> whistling and you didn't hear him for the start. He said, oh, you sweet, wonderful people. He was quite old by that, and he's well into his 90s. Uh, and also, Anne Robinson has gone. Is she out of favour, says Kevin the Kent-Miltman? I don't know where Anne Robinson has disappeared to. Perhaps having more surgery. Who knows? Dee says, looking at today's female TV presenters, makes me realise what a treasure we lost in Jill Dando. Yes, yes. Oh, and the biscuit that you dunk, by the way. The biscuit that you dunk. It's not a chocolate digestive. I thought maybe, maybe a bourbon, or something like that, or, or a jammy dodger. I was thinking that maybe one of these... Bi- it depends. I mean, I personally do not dunk biscuits. I think it's extremely common and very bad manners. You don't go round to sort of... Somebody- I mean, you wouldn't find them dunking, would you, in Downton Abbey? Not the kind of thing you would do. I wouldn't even dunk here. I just think it's really rude. It's, it's very... You know, some people do it, and then, but then you leave the biscuit in there, and then it dissolves, and it sort of floats around like a bit of sort of, you know, a seashore in Brighton on a bad summer's day. Not that I think we're going to get a bad summer's day, if indeed we ever get summer... No, no, the biscuit, which is the one that you can dunk the best. You don't... Tell me you don't dunk biscuits. Do you really? That is so common. It's just... Oh, you don't drink tea? What are you dunking them in? You drink... You, you dunk biscuits in coffee. You don't drink coffee either. What are you... What are you dunking... Oh, right, you don't dunk anymore. So you don't drink tea or, or coffee? You drink... You dun- hot, hot chocolate. So he dunks biscuits in hot chocolate. How common, ladies and gentlemen. You know, so glad that I don't associate with it. I mean, I couldn't... I've never been out with anybody who sat there with a cup of hot chocolate or tea or coffee and dunked a biscuit. Because I think I'd have to leave the table. I would have to make my excuses. You know, imagine over the breakfast tables. It's like dunking your toast. You know, you wouldn't dunk toast, would you? Or a bit of bacon in your tea, just to add to it. Yesterday, I discovered something unusual, though. Well, I'll tell you what the biscuit is in one, one second. Um, I discovered two people in the LBC office who eat cereal without milk on. And it's Rice Krispies. They eat rice... And I said, well, I could also eat Rice Rice Krispies. And I mentioned it to a friend of mine. And he went, "Oh no, right? How can you eat cereal without milk? I said, well, if you're very poor and you're living in London at the moment, there's probably quite a few of you eating... Probably in Blackpool. It's quite normal up there. You know, you go out to a, a hotel and they go, we'd like cereal. And you go, yes, please. and you get the milk. And you go, milk? I don't think so. I don't think so. We should bring the cow to the table. No, 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 no. So, So people can actually eat it. And then I said... And this, and this this sort of provoked cries of, oh, how awful and disgusting. Butter on Wheatabix. It's very difficult to butter a Weetabix without it falling apart. You've got to be very careful. It has to be spread. You can't use hard bits of butter. It's just ridiculous. The thing crumbles. But butter on Wheatabix, I've eaten on nu- <laughs> numerous occasions. Not recently. It has to be said, not recently. But I have eaten butter on, on Wheatabix. And I have, uh, I have actually had loads and loads of cereal without milk. So, it's, it is it is possible. But the biscuit that you dunk, which is the favourite... This is what the scientists get. It's all to do with dunkability. I don't... I'm really not interested in what biscuits you dunk. I'm quite horrified that people still do it. Rich tea. A rich tea biscuit. Now, they're made by United Biscuits, part of the McVitie's range. Rich tea. And I've seen them being made. Uh, where do they make rich tea? Is that Manchester? I can't remember. They might, might be made in rich tea in Manchester. Or it could be... Halston could be Halston rich tea. I know that in um in Manchester they make penguins which are it's a bourbon biscuit covered in chocolate. It is a bourbon biscuit. But my favorite were wafers. I could eat wafers till the cows came I I love wafers. Uh, they used to make them big sheets of wafer with the the gunji cream, and then another sheet, and then another sheet, and they'd make it up, put it into the machine, it went, psh, and cut out like 500 of these things at the same time. Uh, surely, if the phones are ringing, somebody can locate them uh, by using the uh, geolocation, such as iPhone. Well, that's what we said first time, but I think that, was, that would have been one of the things that they would have tried first off. I mean, I don't know. Phil says most planes have computers. So maybe it took over the plane like Hal in 2001, a space odyssey. I must watch that film again. I think I've got a copy of it somewhere. Uh, (laughs) it, It is slightly disturbing that we can actually, in this day and age, lose a plane. We can actually lose a plane and not know where it is. We can actually lose a plane and have no idea where it is. Very strange. Uh, Piers Morgan has lost his CNN show, as you know. We reported that first on LBC. (coughs) Excuse me. I don't think anybody else is remotely interested in signing him up to anything else. The uh, calls for ITV have just been met with a little bit of silence. Because I don't think we need another chat show. He does have his real-life story programme, doesn't he? He still has that, as far as I know. Uh, Mucha. Ex of Sugar Babes says she's proud of her tattoos. I suppose some people have to be. I see them as art, she says. People stare at me like I'm living art. No, they're looking at you thinking, how naff you look. They're certainly not looking at you thinking, that's living art, I promise you. They are looking at If you see a woman with, with tattoos, I'm afraid you look at them as a bit of, bit of low rent, I'm afraid. It's, it's Jeremy Kyle material. They're never, ever much, I'm sorry to say this, ever, ever looking at you. Thinking, oh, they look great, she says. And I like that when people look, no, they're not thinking that. Let's take that idea out of your, out of your mind completely. Um, if you, if you uh, get a craving for treats, make yourself sad. And apparently, if you back away from the biscuit tin, the idea of comfort eating to beat the blues is a myth, so claim the experts. In fact, feelings of sadness can dull the desire to stuff your face with junk food. People who are encouraged to think unhappy thoughts were less likely to crave chocolate and other unhealthy food. Because I go into supermarkets and they always put, what did they have the other day by the supermarket entrance? Lemon drizzle cakes. And I thought, oh, how lovely. And then I thought, no, don't be so mad, you can't eat stuff like that. It's kind of, you know, occasionally I, I do show a little bout of weakness. I try not to do it very often. Uh, and then deeply regret it for ages and ages and ages. And so yesterday I had some some pieces of chicken and then I had uh, chicken curry with sprouts. I know it's not normal to I know not normal to have chicken curry with sprouts is it. But there again I don't dunk biscuits, you know. Perhaps chicken curry with sprouts. So I see that as fair, not upmarket. I look at it as part of my fiber day. I've got bits of chicken, there were some raisins in there. I had some some plain boiled rice and sprouts in with the chicken curry. It was delicious. Might do it again today. Part of my cordon bleu cooking. Well, bleu, mainly. Uh, There was a woman breastfeeding. Now, I don't want to get into the debate with you this morning on breastfeeding. Because I've always had a bit of an issue about people sitting in uh, coffee shops. They, They have done it in Twicken. I've not seen it for quite a while, actually. Sitting there breastfeeding. Now... Most people can cope with somebody breastfeeding, but there are people who come into the country who are not used to seeing that happen. You're not going to be going to Saudi Arabia anytime soon watching somebody breastfeeding outdoors. It just is not going to happen. And there's going to be certain other strictly religious countries. So when people come over and they come in from Hounslow or whatever to Twickenham and they go past and sitting in the window of Starbucks is a woman breastfeeding, people go, oh, my goodness. And there's a mother... Uh, A picture of her breastfeeding in public was uploaded to Facebook. It branded her a tramp. Emily Slough stopped to feed her eight-month-old daughter Matilda outside a pub when she was secretly snapped. The picture, which has been taken off the social network, had the caption, I know the sun is out, but there's no need to let your kid feast on your breasts in town, you tramp. Mother of two, Mrs Slough, was gobsmacked. Somebody tried to shame her for feeding her baby. So she's organised a breastfeeding demonstration with 1,200 mothers in Staffordshire to fight against ignorance and stupidity. Well, that'll drag out the strange people, won't it, the bewildered ones? I mean, I absolutely have to tell you, Mrs Slough, that sitting down with 1,200 other mothers breastfeeding is tantamount to pornography, I'm afraid. You, You mustn't do it. It's very silly. It's only one person who is ignorant and stupid, you know, but uh, people don't expect to see that kind of thing. I've seen loads of people doing it. I've literally seen loads of people doing it. They say, oh, the child was hungry. You say, well, can you express, I don't know, it gets too complicated, doesn't it? Uh, Polly says ginger biscuits are the best for dunking. Oh, dear, ginger snaps. Remember, no, no, actual proper proper ginger biscuits. I like that idea. Proper white bread buttered and dipped in milky coffee is delicious. Oh, God. Not sure about that. Some people dip croissant. I've seen people dipping croissant in this building into cups of coffee. And uh, Philip says a health club were giving apples away at Bromley Station yesterday. Well, down in Waterloo Station, yesterday they were giving out yogurts yoghurts and spoons, because commuters were always fairly good. I, I mean, I, I preferred it last summer when I was at Waterloo Station, and there was a company giving away ice lollies. So they had boxes and boxes of ice lollies. It was, it was absolutely wonderful. And that you don't mind. And ice lollies, actually, very, very good. Well, it's not good for you, because it's just full of sugar, isn't it, and horrible colourings. But at the time, it was boiling hot on the station, and an ice lolly was just what we needed. I didn't want a yoghurt yesterday. And then there was somebody else doing a cube that you drop in... To uh vegetables to make them taste. advertised by Marco Pierre White. That one. See, he's allowed to do things like that on television. It's a, it's a stock cube kind of thing. But I've used them before. After a while I st- started to make me feel a bit ill, so I cut back on those. I'm assuming it's because it's got gelatin in. And perhaps I'm not uh, I'm not that good with, with gelatin. Coming up, the story that shows nice guys really do get the girls to the altar. LBC News Time, it's 5 45. Steve Allen on LBC. Remember we told you on LBC a while ago that they decided, for reasons best known to themselves, in Colorado to legalise cannabis for sale in shops. 59 outlets decided that they would sell cannabis in Colorado. And I thought, I mean, obviously people are going to be driving to Colorado to pick up cannabis in these 59 outlets. How much pot do you think they sold in a month in Colorado? What, what sort of amount in, in monetary terms, in, in pounds sterling? How much money do you think they made through selling marijuana in 59 outlets? Would you be surprised to discover £8.4 million pounds worth of cannabis, which generated in taxes £1.2 million? They don't quite know what to do with it yet. I'm quite sure they don't. £8.4 million of recreational cannabis was sold in Colorado. There's some money there, isn't there? Some money in cannabis. I didn't really realise that people um, still went for cannabis. I always thought it was old hippies and stuff like that. I had no idea. Steve, the worst place for a tattoo is on a bride. Yes, you do uh, (laughs) get a lot of brides with tattoos now. (coughs) <coughs> and then Michelle says, don't be such a snob. How could you not appreciate the pleasures of dunking? Because it's common, Michelle. That's why you're a very common person, dunking a biscuit. I mean, honestly, where are your manners? You'll be telling me next, the moment you've finished eating, or troughing, I suppose it's called, in your house, you leave the table. God, oh, dear, can't believe it. Says, uh, nice malted milk shortcakes. Oh, dear, me, absolutely outrageous. I'm sorry, definitely not at all. William Bromley says, bite off the opposite ends of a penguin and suck your teeth through it. I mean, you're not serious? Good Lord above, honestly. I used to go, when we were younger, we used to go to the bakery, and you would buy cream horns. I don't even see bakeries anymore now selling cream horns. They do eclairs, but you couldn't beat a good cream horn, and then you'd bite the end of it off, and you'd suck the cream out. Who does cream horns anymore? Is there anybody, there's bound to be some bakery listening now, and they go, we still make cream horns. I just, I just don't see it. Like Chelsea buns, we used to unravel them unravel Chelsea Buns. Here is the story in the front of the paper today, apart from it's Cheltenham. And they've got a picture of, uh, of Zara Phillips as was uh, going there as well, and Katie Price went. And then they've got a picture of sort of, they say, some really good-looking girls. Quite clearly, the Daily Star's idea of really good-looking girls is a little bit lower standard than everybody else. But I was intrigued by the Big Brother star, whose name was Rodrigo Lopez. Now, I remember Rodrigo Lopez, because he used to wander around on the programme in his little swimming trunks and everything else, and nobody was quite sure. I can't remember, did we, did we think, I can't remember if we knew he was gay or we didn't know he was gay. Anyway, he uh, he left the programme. This was way back in uh, nine, uh, 2009. Uh, he was with Dabina McCall, and I thought people liked him, actually. But anyway, he couldn't get any work, so what he's done, uh, he's, um, in private, sadly, he was taking drugs, He was doing uh, something called ketamine, which I believe is a horse tranquilizer, ecstasy and cocaine, and so decided to have a sex change and work as a prostitute to fund the sex change operation. So it's it's very difficult. Um, The beauty was living in London when she started the sex change, turned to her family back home in Brazil for support and was shocked to find they couldn't accept her new identity. Um, I think, to be honest with you, She's called Rebecca now, so it's Rebecca. It's a shame, actually, because to be honest with you, Rodrigo sounded far more exotic. Rebecca doesn't, with apologies to people called Rebecca, but it doesn't actually sound as exotic. But uh, a very pretty boy, and then he said, uh, "I once fell in love with a with a client." He said, "I don't want to be laughed at anymore," but I, I made the big mistake of falling in love with a with a client, which is always brought a bit of a shame if you're one of those sort of people. Uh, the NHS, according to the Daily Mail today are now charging to visit care homes. GPs are charging to visit care homes. Fees paid by nursing homes are intended to cover so-called enhanced services, but there are concerns that some family doctors are demanding the payment for nothing more than basic NHS care. The Labour peer said if evidence of fraud was discovered, it would be a police matter. It was reported last month that in one case, a GP requested an extra £24,000 a year to cover services for 72 elderly residents. Gosh, I would have thought, I, d- I mean, to be honest with you, I didn't even know that they did house calls anymore. I had no idea that that sort of thing was actually put, that you could phone up and the doctor would actually come round to your house. I, didn't, I thought that you had to sort of make it round to the surgery. I love my surgery. I should do. I, spend, I, f- I feel as if I bought it, actually. I've spent so much time in the doctors surgery in the hospital but uh, but I like it. Uh, Margaret says do you ever have curly kale as a vegetable? I don't. I don't even know what it is. I've heard of it. I've heard of kale but I don't know. And uh, she says you need to cook it well though. Cubes of butternut squash and sweet potato go well with it. You see I've had neither of those things. I have I have seen butternut squash and I have seen sweet potato. But I've never eaten it. It's like plantain. I've never eaten plantain, but that sells very well at Paul Cooper's place. <laughs> they like uh, they like plantain there. A lot of people come in and buy loads and loads of it. On the subject of uh, biscuits, Alan said chocolate fingers. You see, I'm not. I don't really care what, because they've, scientists have proven that it's the rich tea biscuit that is the one, because they've worked out that it it doesn't go soggy as quickly as other things. Chocolate fingers, and I'm going to have to hold my hands up and say I have actually dunked a chocolate finger in a cup of tea, but it was many, many years ago when I was very young and naive. And then what you do is you sort of leave it until it's just about to drop into the cup of tea and then you eat it, and apparently it's really lovely. And somebody says, on the other extreme, I have a friend from Ayrshire who puts vinegar on his digestive biscuits. There's very old people. She's not pregnant, is she, by any chance? Because that's generally what happens. When when somebody gets pregnant, they end up, you know, eating all sorts of very strange thing. Uh, you mentioned gelatin, says Jackie, and uh, not being good with them. but you eat jelly babies and jelly beans. No, I don't, you see, I mean, I've only had them a few times. Make it sound like I'm eating them all the time. So, definitely not. It could be the high salt level in the stock cubes that affect you rather than the gelatin. Yes, I should have met There's all sorts of stuff in there. I mean, when I first had it, I thought it was quite nice. I was quite taken by it. I was, I was a little bit worried by the fact that it was being advertised by a so-called chef on the television. There you go. know, yeah, it's one of those things. I thought to you yesterday, says Val, but I hung my washing out in cloudy skies. Where was the lovely weather you talked about? Well, I don't know. I can only report what I'm told. Even on the lunchtime news, Boris was talking about poor old Bob Crow in Basking Sunshine. I felt so left out as the rest of the country had a spring day. But as three o'clock approached, uh, there was enough, you know weather to arrive to sit outside with my best friend Lauren and have a chilled glass of wine. What will today bring? Apparently sunny. But I'm I'm not going to risk it. The pea super which you've got at the moment might change that generally is an indication of a nice warm day ahead. And I'm keeping my fingers crossed that today we might actually get some sunshine out there, but I'm I'm not holding my breath on it. Just in case I have to come in. And say tomorrow morning, I'm terribly sorry, but we've, uh, we've, we've ruined it yet again. Uh, the co-op in crisis. This is yesterday the boss of the uh, co-op who quit 24 hours after launching an extraordinary rant on Facebook against fellow board members for leaking details of his £3.7 million pay package. This is uh, Chief Executive Ewan Sutherland, who resigned with great sadness but indicated it was impossible to govern the mutual group. The board confirmed it had accepted his resignation, but Mr Sutherland's departure plunges the co-op group into a, a fresh crisis only months after the drug scandal which forced out its chairman, Reverend Paul Flowers. That is reported in all of the papers for today. Or if you're a clever person, by the way, if you're a, I don't know what constitutes a clever person, but you're more trusting. I suppose it's because you're too busy thinking about being clever and you and you you don't really think about you know are you a trusting person yeah I'm a very trusting person, yeah, well you have to trust I'm, I'm well i'm I'm a trustworthy person, I am the sort of person that you could trust with things, I think that's the idea <laughs> or maybe not actually as the case may be, <laughs> maybe not, but if if you're a clever person, whatever it is constituting clever now you'll be uh, you'll be seen as a trusting person, which is very, I, I quite like that idea, quite like that idea. Don't forget, you've got literally about 30 minutes to get your entries in for my gadget competition for today. It's a 42-inch Panasonic TV. It's really lovely. You just need to know the answer to this question. Which TV programme would you hear the catchphrase, I've started, so I'll finish? You text the word gadget, then your answer, and then you send it to 84850 before 6.30 this morning. You're going for the 42-inch. Panasonic Plasma Viera TV. It's got everything built in. You know, it's Freeview, it sings, it dances, it's absolutely wonderful. You can chuck out your old TV, eBay it, and have this new one put in. So, in which TV program would you hear the catchphrase I've started? So I'll finish. Gadget, then your answer, and send it to 84850. Text one £1.50 plus your standard network rate. If you text after the closing time, you won't be entered but may still be charged. We play across the LBC network, full terms and conditions online, lbc.co.uk. <laughs> to speak a little bit quickly to get that one out before the music started. Uh, Still plenty more to come in the final half hour of your early breakfast show on LBC with me, Steve Allen. Coming up, I'll be talking about Keith Richards' new career. Yes, apparently, he does have a new venture. I saw him on the television the other day. Fairly old, I thought. Fairly old, sir. can't wait to see what that one is. Uh, Dominic Cooper, who I've had for an in-conversation, has revealed his man crush, and uh, before you ask, it's not me. Plus the improved cancer test. It could prove to be a holy grail for breast cancer sufferers. And of course, all your texts and emails 84850 steve at lbc.co.uk. From LBC, this is Steve Allen. All of that is next. This is LBC leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850 Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. I've just paid my VAT. I'm quite excited, actually. Quite excited by this. It means no difference to you. The programme still sounds exactly the same. I've still got the gadget giveaway. I've still got a 42-inch plasma television. Uh, who's Dominic Cooper's man crush? Keith Richards got a new career. Did anybody win the Euro Millions last night? What was it up to? £92 million. Is there somebody sitting there on a caravan site in Rill going, we've got £92 million, ladies and gentlemen? Odds of £75 million to one. Who was the big winner last night? Is it me? And why is Kylie Minogue saying that nobody can cope with her crazy lifestyle? All of that and more between now and 6.30 this morning on LBC. Firstly, down to the lottery. I bet you want to know who the lucky person is. Hello, uh, who won ninety-two million pounds last night? Nobody. Nobody won ninety-two million pounds, even though they were selling tickets at a fantastic rate. And the uh, and the, the, the simple answer is, it's seventy-five million to one. In other words, every single person. Try and think about it. It's not easy. Every single person in this country. I mean, every single person has a ticket. And it's got to find you. No chance. No chance. That's why this one will roll. The biggest roll we ever had was £160 million, I believe. And this one on Friday is now going to be up to the staggering sum of £107 million. Pounds. That's more than the Beckhams have got. And the difference is that's more than quite a lot of people have got, because that would be hard cash, But imagine every single person in the country, every person in your village, every person in your town, every person in every major city in this country has got to have one ticket and it's going to find you. That's how difficult it is. The odds are appalling. The odds are absolutely appalling. So that's why you'll be buying tickets, because everybody wants to win, don't they? Everybody wants to win... That sort of money, I mean, a hundred and something million. I know that many of you listening will probably say it's too much money. My argument would be, well, if that's what the prize is, that's what I want to win. What you do with it, of course, is another matter. And I think you would have to. I mean, you don't have to, but I would think that if you won £102 million, £107 million, you'd want to give something for charity, wouldn't you? You would want to to offer some money to charity to say that's, that's what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm doing my bit. It's like payback time. Because even if you live to be uh, 190, you're not going to be able to spend that much money. Well, I'd have a blooming good go at it. Kylie Minogue has opened up about what she looks for in a man. Uh, this was uh, at a... She sold over... You know she sold... How many records do you think that Kylie Minogue sold? I was surprised at this one. 68 million. Uh, she's got a, a new album, her first studio album in four years. Of course she has, that's why she went on The Voice. <laughs> there was no other reason for her going on The Voice, apart from flogging the album. And she's parted with her manager, Terry Blamey. After 25 years, strangely enough, and some people do talk absolute drivel most of the time, she says, I had an epiphany. I had an epiphany. It's like a realisation. A huge realisation. This calm came over me. I need to do things differently, which made for an exciting change, which is why I signed on to The Voice. Nothing to do with promoting the album then. I didn't want to become a parody of myself. No, you still are. But will people buy it? I mean, could Kylie Minogue still sell albums? Can she still hit the charts? I don't know. I think the longer people are out of the charts, the more difficult it becomes. Uh, anyway, she uh, she talked about her her trying to balance her fame and private life. It's interesting how they do it, because when I spoke to Russell Watson yesterday, and he'll be on next week's In Conversation, he said, people may be surprised to to know, he said, that I don't have any celebrity friends he said i know celebrities he said but they're not he said the friends that i've got are friends that i've had for a long time since he was he had a, a, an inverted commas normal job he said i don't have celebrity friends and i said you know that's quite similar to me i've got i've got lots of celebrity friends but it's <laughs> I don't don't count the team round here, but uh, you know I've got lots of celebrity friends, but I don't spend all my time going around their houses and stuff like that. It's it's part of my job and part of my work. So I meet people, and then we meet them and we have a good old chat, and we always have a good chat with, with Russell Watson always because we don't necessarily talk. I mean, he's he's got very angry about social networking sites, so you'll hear the result of that. It's a very good chat. I always say to him at the end of it, you can always chat with him for an hour because he likes sitting down and he likes talking. Kylie Minogue has opened up. She struggles, apparently, to balance fame and private life. He has no such struggle. He said, I go on stage, I do my concerts, I come home, I go through the front door. He said, I'm Russell. I sit down, I watch television, you know, we, have, you know, we chat, we have dinner and all the rest of it. And that's, it's just normal. Whereas Kylie Minogue says, I need somebody who can cope with my crazy lifestyle. What crazy, li- what, you go into a studio today? It's like me saying, I need somebody who can cope with my just wow, 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 showbiz rock and roll lifestyle. You know, one day Costco, next day shopping, next day Joe Allen's. There's always something going on, isn't there? There is not it theres always something uh, that you can, you can sort of get excited about. But I don't think it's that difficult. I mean, if Kylie Minogue can't find anybody because uh, she's got a crazy lifestyle, <coughs> she's obviously going for the wrong people. You know, you, you can always find somebody. Always find somebody. It Always mazes me. That you get certain people who can't keep their relationships together and certain people who can. And she's obviously one who can't. Which is, uh, rather a shame. Uh, 84850. Er... Washington State, Seattle, as well as Colorado, have just legalised marijuana. Although in Seattle, the, uh, the pot shops have yet to open, they sold it to the voters by saying it will cut down on the illegal street cra- trade. But in Colorado, the additional tax is around 29% on an eighth of an ounce of pot. So you're are you off in another world for me here. I've got no idea what you're talking about. Has pushed prices up. They were estimating around £6 million a month in tax windfall. So £2 million is well short. Why pay 40 quid in a legal shop when you can buy the same amount for 20 dollars on the street? Not that I partake, says Tony in Seattle. It's good that you know the street prices. I think it's the same for cocaine. It's always been 60 pounds for a gram, or whatever it is. 60, 70 pounds. It depends what it's cut down with, I suppose. Yes, I'm up on drugs. I know exactly how, how <coughs> excuse me, the excitement, how, uh, how the whole thing works. But you're right, but it's generated £8.4 million. That's what they've taken in the shops, generating £1.2 million, which is around $2 million, which is not really enough to make any impact, is it? Seems a hell of a lot of marijuana to me. But Thank you for, uh, for that one. Uh, 84850, Keith says, Two of the biggest news stories this week have been the problems in Ukraine and the rain in the UK. Last year it was the birth of Prince George, who one day will reign in the UK. There you go. Yes, I mean, the Ukraine's always been pushed to one side by this flight. Although, is it Vietnam? We just heard on the news have decided to scale back. The th- They're obviously not putting much faith, are they, in the fact they're going to, uh, to find this plane ever. I'm totally with you, says Gloria, on the buttered Weetabix. Try it with added marmalade, too. Unfortunately, Weetabix are thin on the ground here as uh, our most popular cereals. It's eating cereals as well without milk. Sitting there, I mean, I could easily just sit down and eat Rice Krispies without milk. Cornflakes I could do. When I I stopped taking sugar, I suddenly realised how easy it was to actually uh, have cereal without any sugar on. There's not many cereals as a diabetic I can actually have. You can't have all the nice ones that you like. Things like sugar puffs or Frosties, because they're just... Covered in sugar. Cocoa pops. Covered in sugar. Most of it covered in sugar. You've got to try and pick something. I can't even have that lovely Jordan's country crisp, which is delicious. I mean, absolutely. But it's just full of sugar. It's just full of sugar. And I used to think, oh, if I'm eating nuts and so, hazelnuts and this. And they're like, no, no, no. And, and Jordan's a much smaller box. Nice family business, actually. I only mention that because we've seen the family on the television before. They, they front up their own company. And it was a good turnaround for them. Very, very good turnaround. But I can't have the stuff because of the the sugar in it. So the very idea of putting, I mean, really ridiculous to put butter on, on Weetabix. But I I have done that in the past. Uh, Christine, yes, it has arrived. It's not been opened. It's sitting in the cupboard, that's all I can say, for apparently the big birthday. And, um, had a nice bun from Greg's the other day, says little Julie. Seeing as it's sunny today, are you going to join Kevin, the Harlow milkman, and wear shorts? I don't think so. I don't... Th- not with my legs, believe you me. I don't have the best legs in the world, so best not seen by anybody. However, I did once dunk a Twix finger in tea, so the chocolate melted and the caramel was nice and soft. Really, I'm afraid. It's just not good at... Not good enough, I'm afraid. Uh, 84850. Oh, and uh, Steve says, What is it with you and Blackpool? A dump. An absolute dump, I'm afraid. I went there once. You only go up there to visit your hubcaps. He says, press. Have you been... Have you been to Blackpool? Good Lord! It's the only place I've ever been to where you drive along the Quasette, sorry the front—and um, and all the hotels, you know, hot and cold running water down the walls, you know, cook breakfast, you know. You've seen the kitchens of these places, and outside all of them, hanging baskets, plastic flowers, plastic flowers are hanging. I've never seen like it. It is the—it's the—it's the only place you go to and you gun down to all night. Uh, let's have a quick uh, check. It's six fifteen. Steve Allen on L Steve Allen on LBC. Morning everybody, 6.20 is the time. Nick Ferrari and the team. Nick is back from seven this morning. He'll continue the reaction into the uni leader Bob Crow's death on asking the very pertinent question: Was he good for London? It's amazing. People saying all nice things about him. A week ago, they weren't saying anything nice about him at all. Why are the Chinese teachers coming into the UK to teach our children maths? And can we ever say ADHD is a myth? Nick and the team with you from seven this morning. It's Professor Jonathan Shallott, who's looking at the papers. And these are the uh, the stories that you're going to be reading about. The ADHD and why working mums need to look in the mirror is on the front page of the Daily Mail today. Race Day Zara leaving baby Mia at home wearing a most peculiar outfit. You never know where the royal family get their hats from. I'm assuming there must be a, a joke hat shop somewhere where they say, Would you like to wear this one? Oh, I'll wear that, yes. I mean, the, the, the ridiculous hats that that Beatrice and Eugenie have uh, worn in the past, you know, ju- at least when Diana wore hats, they, they kind of suited her. Uh, Daily Star today, they, they've they gone crackers on Cheltenham. I wasn't sure if we went crackers on Cheltenham before on the programme. I don't think we did. It's It's not particularly interesting. The best they can manage is Zara... Tyndall, and they still keep calling her Zara Phillips. I don't know why. She's married, for goodness sake. Uh, and Katie Price. You know it's, it's pretty naff. Uh, Big Brother Star's secret hooker shame. Nothing secret about it. Killed by nail-biting. Front page of the Metro today. This is the the poor diabetic. He suffered from depression. He bit his nails. Uh, one of them obviously turned septic. Went in to have it uh, the top of the finger cut off. He'd already had a leg amputated, because that's a problem that affects a lot of diabetics, because of the circulation. And, uh, and then he died as a result. So uh, that was just short of his 40th birthday. At uh, front of the Times this morning is the uh, two Iranians at the centre of the flight mystery. And it is a mystery now that you've heard that Vietnam is scaling back looking for this flight. Malaysia appear to have no idea of anything. They keep having press conferences and basically saying very little. And uh, two people... Travelling on these stolen passports, there are pictures of them here. They were hoping to claim asylum in Europe, Interpol said. So either this plane went down with a huge explosion, which nobody saw, or it was hijacked by North Korea, landed there, and people were were taken off the plane. Phones, we are told, are still connected. You'd think they could could have found it, but they have no idea at all. Front of the Independent today, they've got uh, Nigel Farage the establishment's out to get me. No expense spared. We're very much looking forward to uh, the debate. And Simon Calder uh, on what we know and what we don't know. Plus, the picture is of Bob Crow. I thought it was rather strange that... Um, was it Ken Livingstone who said that Bob Crow... He I couldn't understand it, he said he was a fairly fit man. Well, the last picture we saw of Bob Crow was lying on the beach sunning himself in Rio de Janeiro. He didn't look fit at all. But anyway, he died yesterday, aged... Just 52. I think one of his last interviews was with Andrew Castle on LBC at the uh, at the weekend. Daily Express today. Free bet at Cheltenham. Free pound lottery ticket. This is for the for the health lottery. This has got nothing to do with the National Health Service. This is a private enterprise. They give money to good causes and the prizes are minuscule, very tiny, even though they sell it to you as it's only a pound a ticket as opposed to two pounds. But at least on the National Lottery, there's a chance of winning £102 million. I don't think the Health Lottery will ever get anywhere near that. Uh, Susanna Reid, shortly to defect uh, for her reading ability to ITV to do their breakfast show. Pff, hiding to nothing, as far as I'm concerned. Managed to turn up at the Trick Awards last night and pick up an award for reading an auto queue. Amazing, isn't it? Older woman able to read big words. Britain's workers given a pensions boost, with providers forced to ensure they get better retirement payouts. And uh, the Daily Mirror, of course, they would run with. it. It's not their biggest story, though. Death of a working-class hero. Even though he earned £145,000 a year and holidayed in all the rich places in the world and uh, really enjoyed himself, he was a working-class hero. Uh, Top Tory Philip Hammond has avoided up to £200 a month tax by gifting a buy-to-let property worth £600,000 to his wife. I suspect there's probably a, a lot of people doing a lot of gifting. It doesn't really matter which which side of the fence you happen to be sitting here. Uh, Bob Crow, according to the Mirror, even though they're, they're very pro-Bob Crow, it does come over as he was a little bit jealous of everybody else. Why should it just be the bankers, the politicians and the idle rich who get all the best things? Well, because they, they had probably a better start in life. We demand a standard of living for our members. This is Bob, who lived in a council house, incidentally, but earned 145000 a year. The mystery of the flight MH370 deepens and becomes more bizarre by the day. As is a picture of one of the uh, pilots and two girls who were invited. He broke security by allowing them into the cockpit. If he let these two in, who knows? These two girls said there was also a breach on an earlier flight. They spent the whole time chatting with us. He took my friend's hand and commented on her nail polish. Obviously it can't be that easy to get into the cockpit on Malaysian Airlines flights even though it's totally forbidden as far as I know. But I always thought you could do that. You know, if you, you said to the stewardess, oh, you know, is it possible for my son to go and have a look at the uh, the cockpit? They said, I'll generally go and go and check. You can't do that anymore, can you? Really? Could you just knock on the door and go, I've got a pound? Could I have the... Did you do it? All oh, right. Clive Clive did it with his, his nephew when he was six. I never did it. I was never allowed... Well, I wasn't. I thought it looked a bit naff, you know, troop of people standing outside the cabin to go and have a look in there because not much room is uh, inside the cockpit, and also there's not a lot to see. It's just two two people staring out into a load of clouds. But uh, so ever since, obviously, flight security. That's when they've actually curtailed it. So you can't do that now. But it would be quite easy, wouldn't it, to get a job as a stewardess. You know, and work and be a sleeper, as they call. It. If you were thinking of blowing up a plane, that would be a, a way of doing it. Whether or not the people on this flight were in on it, or to say, I'm, I'm this is pure guesswork. I'm afraid, pure guesswork. I have no idea where it went. I can I can only hazard the guess, and I'm from I'm I'm afraid that uh, I'm probably going to be woefully wrong. Uh, do what I do: buy two lottery tickets. It halves your odds. Seventy-five million to one. Yes, I think so. Regarding cereal, make your own muesli, says Leslie, in Feltham. When you go to Kingston, pop into Holland and Barrett or Food for Thought and buy sugar-free muesli. Mix, then buy some mixed nuts and make your own. Keep in an airtight box. Oh, right. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, The only decent dunking, says Mark, is bread into soup. Yes, I mean, I don't think anybody would ever deny the fact that you could dunk bread into soup. That's why it's, it's not acceptable in my book to actually dunk biscuits into tea. I just really don't think it's right. Uh, many happies for your forthcoming 21st, says Bernadette. Tesco do cream horns. It's in the chiller cabinet. Two in a box. How lovely. And Margaret says we taught our grandchildren to dunk their biscuits. Um, great fun. Yes, I'm not totally convinced, I'm not totally convinced that dunking biscuits is great fun, because I I just don't think kids do that very well indeed. Uh, Just, I can't read the clock actually now, I'm getting really bad at reading reading clocks every so often. I I sort of look at them and I think, is the second hand coming round there or not? I've, I've got a little bit longer to go, haven't I? Which is great. So I can just quickly remind you about the competition, and the competition today, are we up now? Oh, right. I have to go now. I'm back again at four tomorrow morning, OK? Do the competition very, very quickly. Nick's here at seven. Next, Lisa Raziz, Morning News.